0: you, God. Why don't we just tell Him how much we love Him for a moment? Why don't you just tell Him in your own words in your own heart? Just make a moment. Just tell Jesus how much you love Him. Why don't we do that? Let's engage in this together. I love you, God. I love you. I love you. Just tell Him. When you lift your voices, begin to tell him how much you love him. Just declare who he is. Prince of peace. Lord of Lords. Yeshua. Yahweh, Almighty, Provider. Begin to add your voice to the cluster. Let's do this together. Mm, love you, love you, love you. Thanks. in this moment why don't you just give them why don't you just give me your problems right now why don't you just say them maybe in your head and just get, place them over to Him right now just imagine the cross in front of you place them at the foot of the cross just place our dreams our plans why don't we just give them to God right now God I just give you them right now my plans for the future God I just give you right now my family God I give you my friends God my relationships God I remind myself that I I give all this to you. My problems and my dreams and the the choices I have to make, God. I give you my heart again. Why don't you just do that? If that's you, give me a heart again. Well, just remind yourself where your heart is in the hands of God. Trust in the Lord with all my heart and I'll lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I'll acknowledge you. I'll submit to you. And you will make my path straight. You will guide my path. Let's just remind ourselves who guides our path right now. Does someone just need to be reminded? God, you guide my path. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Something happens to the posture of our hearts when we remind ourselves of the truth of God. Something happens to our hearts when we remind ourselves of the truth of Jesus. Um, You guys can take a seat. Can we get those lights up? Thanks, team. Thank you so much, Joe. So good. Man, so, 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 so good. Oops, I need this too. I'll get this. Oh, you're going to do it? Oh, thank you, sis. Very cool. It's good to be here with you guys this morning. Thank you so much. You're incredible. Man, it's exciting. I I really truly believe um, that when we get together, um, I don't think we have church down. I'm always thinking about, um, you know, we don't have the optimum structure. I don't think we necessarily do it. Always the way that is the best way, but we 're always figuring it out eh, but when we come together on a Sunday morning around people of faith, something really awesome happens. Do you feel it i don 't know i can 't really speak on your behalf. I can, I can read the Bible and I see many times uh, God calling us to gather together for many different reasons, and there are lots of different gatherings I'm gonna, i just sit to myself in my head, Elijah watch it you 're going into a tangent. <laughs> One of whom you will not get out of. I tend to like go into this. (laughs) There was a tangent on a tangent. This this my I have a yep. I have a real gift, spiritual gift of tangents. So that's good. We've lost it now, haven't we? We've we've gone. We never go back. (laughs) But when we come together, God's presence rests on us. And I've seen in my life as someone who's been in kind of church community from birth, um, I just miss it when I'm not there. I miss being washed in the Word. I miss having the music, in which enables me to connect to God in a deep way. I miss coming together around people for one focus, to worship Jesus. It's exciting. For me, whenever I am... Um, Listening to someone speak from the word of God it's almost like I'm at the table I don 't know if you've ever felt this I'm at the table and the food's just about to come out and when it's like the food <laughs> and the food comes out, I remember there's lots of my dad preaching, and the food comes out and uh, um, cuts it up, puts it into pieces, and it's almost like my soul is being fed, and I remember finishing these times and I'm like. I don't really remember what was preached about. I don't really, sometimes you get a nice little sentence you can put in your pocket for later, a little nibble, you know, a little takeaway. But a lot of the time it's like, oh yeah, this and that. (laughs) Maybe heard it before. Maybe was not listening for half of it. But my soul was full. And God wants to do that this morning. As we read the word, He, he wants to fill us up with his spirit. And it's an exciting place to be. It's an exciting time. So I want to talk about being people of hope. Can I get the clicker? I'm not quite sure where that is, but I'm going to need that baby. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, why don't I pray first? I actually forgot to do it for a lot, of, a lot of weeks that I speak. So well, I'd love to pray. And i also love to say if you're a guest and you just uh, trotted along to the yellow doors um, or someone invited you or you're here with family— and you're here to support someone else, I just want to say welcome, an extra special welcome. I always say to people that are new, you've got to come a couple of weeks to see if, you know, it's somewhere you want to be as a community. um, But I'll also say, yeah, just have your heart open and see what God will do. We're not hoping. My my hope is not that every word um, is remembered. Um, And I also some words I hope aren't remembered, but um, is that God speaks to you personally. And the spirit moves. Um, that'd be awesome. Fantastic. Can I just get a little bit more of this mic in the fold? It'd be great, Sam. Um, but, but I'd love to pray. Dear Lord Jesus, be here. Holy Spirit, you are here. Jesus, you are here. And no matter where we're at right now, in this group of people, in this one little uh, tent, with the wind pushing against our roof, whether some people are in a storm, whether some people are feeling like they're just, coasting with God, whatever it is, God, we ask that your spirit would speak to us, encourage us, convict us, challenge us, and lead us on to greater glory. We trust you, God. Even when we're unsure, we trust you. In the midst of the chaos, we trust you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Awesome. So I think God has something for you this morning. People of hope. I was thinking a lot about what it means to have greater glory. And I was talking with someone that was talking about dreaming big and, and expanding and moving beyond. Some of us are comfortable in that language. It's kind of it suits our personality and um, it suits our drive. And we go, yeah, big things." Some of us feel quite uncomfortable in that territory. We're like, oh, no, that doesn't feel like me. And um, the cool thing about the church is it's not just about you or me. I think the lovely thing about being in church community is that it's like, as we combine, God has something for all of us. And I want to read from Ephesians, because Ephesians 3.20, which many of you know, it's not in there, I've got a next verse that I want to speak from, but this is kind of the catapult verse into that verse. And then I have a sub-verse, it's kind of a flow-off of the other verse. Ephesians 3.20. Sometimes I think I'm being real cheeky, and I'm just like, no, it's just just what's happening. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God wants to see us dream big. He is a big God, he doesn't think small, he thinks large. And so my question to God was what does that look like? What is dreaming big? What does it mean to dream big? And I think many times we get we can get caught up on the surface of dreaming big. I just want a big house. I just want a big car. You know, I just want I want to have a good job. I just want to have, you know, I want to really I want I want something on earth that people look at and go, "Wow, shiny." You know, I want reputation because it's all different for us. I want people to look at my family and go, I wish I was a good parent like you. I want people to look at um, me being a, a child and go, man, I wish, wish I was a child like you. I don't know what it is. It could be, oh man, they're a, such an honorable Christian, you know? Oh, they're, so, they're such a good guy. Maybe it's, oh man, they, man they, they're so healthy, you know, man, whatever it is. And I think sometimes as Christians, we can get caught in this, I would like to say more than sometimes, and I'll put my hand up for like all of them. You know, when, when other things are in my mind, when I take over and I just want things. <laughs> yeah, I just want, I want to be awesome and everyone think I'm amazing, you know. Um, so we have these dreams and desires. And, and as I was praying, I think, because I consider there to be kind of two types. We're going somewhere, but kind of almost two types of church. Traditional church and contemporary church. Traditional, there is another type, but we won't get into that. Traditional church tends to focus on the seasons of winter and autumn. We're in a winter. We're in an autumn. We're in a winter. We're in an autumn. So they're friends with suffering. That's a good thing. But maybe a bit too much friends of suffering. That's not a good thing. The contemporary church lives in the seasons of spring and summer. God's promises are yes and amen. It's always going to come through. We've got fruitfulness. we got fruit. We're going, to, we're going to have momentum. God's going to do it. I'm so hopeful. I'm so positive. Hope is a good thing. I think sometimes we miss that life is cyclical, seasonal. Not every time is fruitful. Not every growth is seen outwards. But God still desires growth. And so we live in the tension of the seasons. We live in the tension of suffering and hope. I think actually hope is probably the line between. I'm going to say suffering and joy. Suffering and having to live in that. And we don't, you know, so if you lean a bit away from contemporary, you're going to say, oh, they, they're not being real. They're not being real. And we don't know the heart, so we shouldn't get into that business. But I want to be real. And, yeah, we do. We want to face the facts. Right? The other side, though, is we don't just face the facts. We serve a God who can do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. So if we stay here, we're actually going to some potentially miss faith, which is believing the Word of God in the middle of my circumstance and, and seeing God do something that you actually see. It's not, just, it's not just something that you have in your heart. You actually see it come out of your life. So the challenge is that we have to hold a tension between these two. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty unhappy to be found in either camp. I just, I just see the, the, the gospel as the, holding the tension between joy, favor, blessing, and suffering, pain, forbearance. And if we lean too far, we miss the relationship, that God, the journey God wants to take us on. And could I suggest that although we live on, a, on, a, on one current, God lives on a deeper current. And that what he's desiring of us is deep and long lasting. As Terry said, an everlasting joy. But as you and I know, things that happen deeply have to come out to the surface. Things that God does on the inside are designed to come outward. Anyone else confused? Let's go on to. Romans 5, because I want to talk about holding that tension. And I believe that as I said to God, "What what does it take for us to go into this new season? I felt God say that we need to be people of hope. And we need to hold the tension between the now and the not yet, between the suffering and the blessing. God's principles are helpful, but God's principles are not God. And if we lean too hard on a biblical principle for too long, we'll miss the other dimensions of God. But the good news is you can't lean too hard on a principle of God. He will teach you, you know. (laughs) He will show you the times where that principle just doesn't seem to work here. And you have to seek him. And could I say, uh, through I had a counseling session on Friday, I'm absolutely positive that what God has done in me this year has been nothing short of miraculous, but it has been deep, deep currents for me. And I'm actually, maybe for the first time, really thankful for everything that I'm in right now and everything our church is in I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the season. If you know, if you're in our church and you understand our season, I'm thankful for everything that's gone on this year. Because I know that God's doing something deep. And he's laying some new foundations for a legacy. And it's not a legacy of finance, although it could be in there. It's not a legacy of shiny things or even good moral things, although they can be in there too. It's a legacy of relationships. Deep, meaningful, heavenly relationships. Who doesn't want that because at my heart of hearts, as a guy who really likes progress and success, the thing I want the most is deep, godly relationships. It's the thing that I yearn for the most. And if, if, that, if God is doing that, then I'm willing to give up everything else for it. First and foremost, a deep relationship with him, in which I see more of him and see more of myself. And then just along with that, a deep relationship with the church. Don't we want that? So here we go. This is a little bit of insight into that journey. If you want to go on with me with this journey, Romans 5 is all about it. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's talking to people who are in Christ. So I want to just put that really clear. The truth that I'm about to talk about, you can have if you follow Jesus. If you don't follow Jesus, you, you, we can't pick, pick and pull with God. His grace and His love is for everyone. But the gift of God has to be received and opened up. You can't have a relationship with someone. Um, Can you just drive that mic a little bit more? Can you guys hear me all right? Just because with that wind? Okay, as long as you can. I'm losing myself up here, but if you got me, that's good. You can't have a relationship with somebody that doesn't want a relationship with you. Have you tried that? (laughs) You can love them, but it's not a relationship. A relationship has to be back and forth. And so that was my pretext to all of these things are great and amazing and the best thing ever in Christ. And I want to unpack that even in the midst of deep pain and actually thank God for God in the midst of deep pain. I want to talk about that too. But you get to just choose whether you want to open that gift and not. And I know there's some people in the room that maybe, I'm not sure where I'm at with Jesus. You can choose, but I want to say that choice will have consequence. You choose Christ, you get Christ (laughs) and everything that he is. You choose to step away from Christ and you get to have that too because God is so loving. He will let us choose. Here we go. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Christ, we are now at peace with God when we were at war with God by our own means. Verse 2, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. The Bible keeps confused. Have you noticed that the Bible keeps throwing those around? Through faith, we get grace. Through grace, we get faith. I'm just quite confused. Which one is it first? Is um, <laughs> little, just a bit for you to ponder in your life? Because Ephesians goes the other way. By faith, we get this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. If you have any bit of humanness in you, you read that, and you go, what? We glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. He goes on to say, this hope will not put us to shame because Jesus Christ came and died for our sins. When we were powerless to do anything for ourselves, Christ came and died for us. So the hope in which we live, and we all know hope is forward direction. We hope for something we do not yet have. We hope to be someone we are not yet. The crazy thing about theology is it goes in every direction time-wise. So we hope for something we already that we want to have, but Christ has already done it for us. (laughs) So it's certain, because you can hope in a lot of things. I can hope you'll be my friend. I can hope someone will give me a chocolate bar after this. You know, I can hope today will be fun. I can hope, whatever, you can hope in a lot of things. And you and I know that hoping in, I mean, a lot of things disappoint. But one does not. And that's hope in Christ. And then I want to I outro you with Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. He's talking to the Israelites and he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So in the midst of suffering that produces care, perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, we lean into God and we seek him and we find him. I believe God is calling us to be heroes of hope. Hope is inherently positive. It's good. It's great. It's amazing. You can tell when you're around someone that carries hope. And you can tell when you're around someone that does not. When you're around people with hope, you want to be around them. When, when people are hopeless, they drain your energy. They're hard to be around. It doesn't matter if they're quoting the Bible or not. If they're draining, if we were in that place where we're like, oh my gosh, this is like killing me on the inside being here. And we all probably know what it's like. Hope drives us forward. And being hopeless drives us downward into, into a pit. Hope in Christ does not put us to shame because God cannot be fooled. There was a Jewish author that I read about um, who uh, came out of the concentration camps, and he was talking about hope, the concept of hope, and he was saying that those that hoped for things short-term didn't make it, while those that hoped for an indefinite amount of time did. So what he was saying was that those people in the camp that would say, we're going to get out by Christmas, and Christmas came and gone? Well, no, we're going to get out. You know, in three months, we're going to get out. At this time, we're going to get out. At this time, those that put a time on it began to lose hope. And, and a lot of them just died because of hopelessness. Whereas those that, that, had, that lasted through the, the, the suffering, the deep, um, horrific suffering, were those that had a hope that said, I don't know when, but we will get out. I don't know when, but we will get out. And he actually went on to say, many of those people that did survive, Many of them committed suicide later in life because what they had hoped for in the life after camp did not fulfill their expectations. So they got out of this horrible, horrible scenario, went, uh, settled down, family, kids. I, I think his point was that many of them hoped that when I get out, things will be good now. And their expectations were crushed by the reality of life. I mean, the real question there is, what do we hope for? Do we want God to move on our behalf for what we really hope for? Or, or do we say, no matter what, we hope in God. Man, I'm gonna, I am just love God and I'm all about Jesus right now because he's given me what I want. <laughs> or because I still have hope that I'm going to get what I want. And then that doesn't happen, Right? Health goes worse than better. You lose someone you thought God would heal. You lose the money you thought God would bring blessing. The family gets torn apart when you thought God would bring it back together. How do you deal with a promise that seems like it hasn't been fulfilled? And the question is, what do we hope for? Do we hope for a great marriage? Do we hope for financial stability? Do we hope to be successful? Do we hope that everyone around us will be healthy? Do we hope for the earth to be looked after? Do we hope? Do we hope? Do we hope in Christ? Do we hope in Christ at all costs? Because life will pull that out of us. And we know this. We know this. We know the tension of life. And the wholeness of playing at the coalface of life, playing this game called life right up there, where it gets ugly, where it gets raw, where it gets painful. Thank God for the pain that enables us to see, no, I hope in you alone, faith alone and Christ alone. Hope cuts against the grain. Hope carries promise. Hoping in Jesus What he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do gives us the energy to walk through this life and the endurance to, to, in turn, gives us more hope. It's the nature, right? We endure, we get hope, we have hope to endure, we endure, we get hope, we have hope to endure. But hope is not easy. And I think we confuse easy, and I said this last week, I think we confuse easy with good all the time. It's good if it's easy. It's good if it's comfortable. It's great if it's relaxing. Even we say this about peace. Peace means we all get along. You know, a peaceful church means we don't have offense. I just do not believe that with every ounce of my being. I actually believe the best relationships in my life have walked through more offense than any other ones. Walked through because when relationship is highest priority, you'll just keep moving. Not retreat, let go, move on. And I think there's a lie we believe and we seek comfort at all costs. And I think it's one of, the, one of the undercurrents of this world that we get lost in when we think, man, God is here to serve me. And obviously, when I say that, none of us go, yeah, I want God to, like, that's it. That's the number one thing and I'm all about that and that's it. But I've had conversations with people, and that's been the end point. I'm not a Christian anymore because God didn't give me what I wanted. And we begin, I think, to miss what God is really doing. And begin to see that the goodness and the greatness and the amazingness in which he is working out on our behalf is far more precious than maybe some of the things we've been praying for. Not only do we want to be heroes of hope, we want to find purpose in pain. Romans 5, 3-4, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And this hope will not put us to shame. It is an incredible privilege to be on the rock of Christ is an incredible privilege to know that no, no matter what happens, Jesus will not fail. It is such a safe, secure, stable place to know that in the midst of whatever may happen around me or in me, God will not ever fail. And when my hope is in Him, my hope is in is in the most surest and steadfast place it could ever be. I mean, that's the gift. It's one of the gifts of life with Christ. Even though things sway us and shift us and crumble us and push against us and, and pressure us, we have hope in Christ. There's an ease that comes with that. There's a joy that comes with that. There's a smile that comes with that. To live is to suffer, maybe. To live without God is to suffer without reason. To live with God is to suffer for a purpose. A transforming life, a life filled with the Spirit of God, walking with Jesus, connected to our Heavenly Father, knows deep joy in the middle of deep pain. And I know I'm in a room of people that don't want shallowness. Maybe, I mean, there's a part of me that wants shallowness for sure. Like, there's a part of me that just wants all the comfort in the world. There's a part of me that just wants things for me. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to like, I'm not going like, to, that's there. But in the midst of that, when we dig a bit deeper beyond the selfish surface of our lives, or what could be there contending for that, is a deep desire in the innermost plate of our soul and spirit for deep relationship. And the promise of God, the hope of God, the fulfillment of God, in which we hope for, is far greater, far more precious, far more desirable than anything that pulls and pushes us from the surface. As we suffer, we don't suffer for nothing. God produces in us an ability to hold on that's perseverance. As we hold on, God develops in us a deep knowing of who we truly are that's character. The selfishness of shallow life dies and the love of deeply connected life grows. And from a growing awareness of who we truly are, sons and daughters of the Father God, we look forward to sharing in His glory and that hope can never be taken away from us. Isn't that beautiful? The journey God takes us on? Doesn't that enable us to see suffering with a different perspective? Doesn't that help us to go, oh man, I see that angle there. Because I know in holding on, God will show me who I truly am. He's a God worth seeking. In the midst of this, in the midst of journey, uh, questions, confusion, in the midst of the great things of life and the hard things of life, in the midst of patience, in the midst of being together and then being by yourself, things not going your way and things working out fine, is this deep place with God that God's developing with you and developing with us. And we develop this trust that takes us deeper and a love that fills us up and a peace that passes all understanding and a hope that can never be taken from us. And so we might even say, God, I'll walk through anything. Because I know that you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I know you're developing something in me I could never develop on my own. And I'm thankful for that because at the end of the day, I don't want to finish my life and realize that I was just a shell of a person. I want to finish my life and and realize that God was opening up my true self. And I want that. And I desire that. And so I say, man, I get life with meaningless pain, or I get life with meaningful pain. And I let God grow me, and I let God contend with me, and I let God speak to me, and correct me, and encourage me, and lead me, because we're developing something deep. So, so there's a response here. To lean in, to seek him, to choose the moment. This moment to trust God is a reevaluating moment in which we say, what have I been truly been hoping in? And we choose to place our hope in Christ. There are some really incredible and uh, honorable things that we hope in, but we choose again to say, God, I hope in you first. I hope in you first and foremost. These other things are there too, but I'm choosing right now to submit my ways to God knowing that he'll make my path straight. I choose knowing knowing that this is the best road. This is the road worth traveling. This has the most value on it. This is the most worthwhile journey to take. So I look in front of me, a group of people of hope, and God will develop this in you. Do you want it? Do you want to keep walking this road? God's spirit is with you. Jesus is with you if you choose. So right now, what I want to do, in the midst of reminding ourselves where God is in the, midst of, in the midst of life, I want to ask those of you who don't know God, feel disconnected from God, feel far from God. And I want to kind of, I want to push the envelope a bit and say, it starts here, but I also want to talk to those who say, yeah, I've got a faith, but I've, I have my hands up to church a lot. I don't mean this church. I just mean the, the, the followers of Christ. I've kind of been distant. The Bible has a high value on what it means to be brothers and sisters in Christ. So we don't just claim a faith in our head. We walk a faith out with brothers and sisters. And maybe for some of you, you've kind of been like, oh, I'm at a distance here. And God says, I want you to come a little closer. When you find yourself close to God, you actually also find yourself close to other believers. And when you find yourself walking away from the church, you sometimes find yourself walking away from God. Hear me, I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about his believers, the brothers and sisters of God. And so God wants to pull you in again, bring you close, clean your heart up, give you a new beginning. So we're going to do this thing. We're going to pray. And if you don't know God, and we do this many times, we're sitting at the table for it right now. We just want a moment where you can pray a connection prayer to God, a start of a journey. Say, yes, I want to follow you. Or I've walked away, but God, I want faith alone and Christ alone. I want to follow Jesus. You might be like, I'm not sure what it's about, or I'm not, I'm not sure. It's, it's not anything else but faith alone in Christ alone. It's not.